Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by golf pro Ryan Cutter. How are you doing today? Doing well, Mitch. How are you? Doing good, doing good. So what caught my eye with your story is you have a disability. You have both of your legs were amputated at first, as you said earlier. And I don't know if I, I think I told you this, I'm disabled myself too. So it was cool to see someone with a disability in the sports world doing so well for themselves. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, you did mention that you were disabled. I didn't ever knew how. What is your disability? Um, I have spina bifida. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, with my disability, you know, it was kind of nice just growing up and my parents. And, you know, as a kid, you never really see a disability. It's until you're, you know, a little bit older when you're seven, eight, nine, that you finally start to see a difference. Right. Um, but it was really cool not seeing a disability, my parents not seeing a disability, and them getting me involved in, in all the different sports. So that was super awesome. For sure. So, you know, I mean, you mentioned that you played a bunch of different sports growing up, but what really or made you gravitate towards golf as your main sport? Yeah, you know, actually, probably my favorite sport was like basketball. I love basketball. I love watching basketball. I love playing basketball. Um, but I just wasn't as fast as other kids. I couldn't guard other kids, you know, when it came to competitive um, nature of it. And my family's super competitive. Like I grew up in a really, really competitive family, whether it's ping pong or cards, you know, like cribbage or any of those games, we always want to win, you know, we never want to lose at anything. And so when I was growing up, golf was the one sport where I could actually win. Um, and so that's where I gravitated towards golf because I knew that even with my disability, I still had, you know, the ability to beat all these other kids when I was at a young age. So, For sure. I mean, that's the cool thing about golf is literally just about anybody can play. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of this game. You know, there's that's one of my favorite parts of this game is that everyone can play it. You see 80, 90 year old people out there playing it. We have a member at Green Meadow Country Club that just turned 101 the other day and he went and hit 101 range balls on the range literally this game's for everyone it's really really awesome to see oh so, that's so cool yeah it's awesome that's awesome so you mentioned that you've kind of lived everywhere you have kind of played everywhere so where are some cool places you've gotten the opportunity to play and your favorite course you've played on so far oh favorite course is really really tough there's so many of them um this past January, we went down to a trip to Bandon Dunes and played four of the five golf courses there. We didn't get to play Bandon Dunes, but we played Pacific Dunes, Old McDonald, um, Sheep Ranch, and then uh, Bandon Trails. So all those are, I mean, that's the premier golfers on the West Coast. It's the coolest golf you'll get to experience. But Growing up in Bend, Oregon, there's so many good trails. I worked at Broken Top. That's a really fun one. Tetheros a really kind of cool um, layout. My favorite one in Bend has got to be Pronghorn. Pronghorn is just a premier facility there. Um, in Colorado, oh man, there's so many good ones in Colorado. It's it's got to be Frost Creek for me though. Frost Creek is a course in Golden, Colorado. Yeah. had a chance to play that a few times. Uh, my good buddy, uh, Will Beef, used to work there, and so he'd get us out there. That's probably one of my favorite tracks I've played. Uh, California, I didn't play too much other courses other than one I worked at. I worked at Indian Ridge Country Club. It was a 36-hole Ar Arnold Palmer design course. So 
it was really easy to just go and play there without having to make a tea time or, or do any of that stuff. So I kind of stuck when I was down there, I was working a lot. And when I wasn't working, it was just easy for me to play there without having to jump through the hoops of going to play somewhere else. So right. um, I didn't play a bunch in California, but I mean, there's good tracks all over the U S it's, it's hard to say one's better than the other. <laughs> That's awesome. So to become a golf pro, how do you do that? And what are the different steps you have to walk through to become a golf pro? So I didn't even know at the time I was working two jobs. I was living in Denver at the time and I was working two jobs. Uh, I was working at a golf course in the morning and a liquor store in the afternoon. Um, and I just got tired of living paycheck to paycheck and working 80 hours a week. You know, that wasn't really very fun for me when I was kind of in my early to mid twenties. Um, and so I got word of it when I was working at the golf course that one of my, my managers was looking at taking a playing ability test. And I was like, what's that? What's a playing ability test? Uh, and he kind of told me it's 36 holes in one day and you have to shoot a target score. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. And so I quit my liquor store job for six months and I practiced my golf game. So I'd work at the golf course in the morning. And then instead of going to work at the liquor store, I would just act like golf was my second job. And so I would just go practice and practice and practice. And I did that for about six months until I knew for sure that my game was ready to go play this playing ability test. Mm -hmm. And so I went to, darn, I wish I knew where I took my playing ability test, but it slipped my mind. It was in Colorado somewhere. Um, so I took it and I think our target score for 36 holes was 153. So you had to shoot like a 76, 77 or any combination of your two 18 hole scores was 153. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I took it, I had to par the last hole to make 153 on the dot and I did it. So I passed on my very first try, which is pretty awesome. I know uh, there's a lot of guys I've known that have taken their playing ability test um, 18, 19, 20 times. And for me, you know, those are able-bodied people <laughs> that don't right. have a disability. For me to do it and take it um, in one try was pretty awesome. Um, so after you pass your playing ability test to become a PGA professional, there's two separate routes you can take. You can either go work at a facility underneath a PGA professional um, for 36 months and then go through all your coursework online. Mm -hmm. um, that's called the associate route. So you can be a PGA associate or how I did it is I was living in Denver at the time. There's um, PGM universities, so professional golf management universities. And I think there's like 16 across the nation. Uh, one of them happened to be in Colorado Springs. So that was just an hour South of me. And I figured since I had already dropped out of college at my first attempt and was trying to figure out where my life was, um, I should probably go back to school and get my degree as well as do my PGA stuff. So that's where I went. I went down to university of Colorado, Colorado Springs, um, did their PGM program and got an, an accounting degree as well with that. So. Awesome. Cool. So what are your next steps now? I mean, I know I heard something about a, um, I'm going to get the name of it wrong. So you're going to have to help me, but <laughs> basically an open for disabled people. And again, I'm just not even going to try to name. I'm just going to let oh, you know. Oh yeah. No worries. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Um, yeah. So the United States golf association or USGA for short, um, is holding a USGA adaptive open. Um, That's the word. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For the first time ever, which is really, really cool um, for not just for us that play golf or not for us that have different abilities, um, but for the world to see. 
you know, in my opinion, golf is a game for everyone, you know, and um, to see that there's high level golf from people that have all these different disabilities. And I think the different classes of disabilities that the USGA has are um, like missing arm, missing leg, multiple limb, which would be mine, um, neurological disorders, um, shortened stature, uh, seated golfers. So I don't know if you've seen seated golfers before, but they have, yeah, yeah, they have these cool little contraptions to where they strap themselves in and, and it kind of raises them up so that they can hit the ball. And the way they make them, the tires are so wide on them that they're allowed to drive those on the greens because the wider the tire is, the more it spreads out the pressure and it doesn't mess up the the putting greens when they drive on them. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of different categories. I'm sure I'm missing one or two here or there, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really cool experience and it's a really cool opportunity for not just us playing in it, but those that never feel like they could golf, um, or those that, you know, didn't realize that people with disabilities can play at a high level like that. No, for sure. I mean, it it was cool for me to just even read that because I mean, I'm obvious, obviously, as you know, a huge sports fan. So to see any sort of inclusion for disabled people in a sport is awesome. So that's really cool that the USDA is doing that. Yeah, it's, it's, it blew my mind when I first heard about it and I applied for it and I was just fingers crossed and I waited. I think it was like a three month process before they let everyone know. And so for three months, I was like, am I going to get in? Am I going to get in? And then when I finally got that email, it just was this huge sense of relief. And then it was like, Oh, what do I need to do? Like, how do I need to get ready for this? Now I have like all this other stuff I need to do. So, but yeah, it's really, really exciting. That's awesome. So what, um, what will that entail? Do you think in the future for you? I'm not sure really. I'm just excited to, to go down there. Um, I know a few of the guys that are competing in it. I've played in some of these disabled tournaments before nothing ever helped by the USGA, but I played down one in down in one um, in Vegas about two years ago. Um, <clears throat> I met a bunch of guys there. I think for me, it's just going to be connecting with a bunch of people that love this game and play it at a high level. Um, you know, as for my future, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going to go or what I'm going to do. I love where I'm at now, so it's hard for me to think that I'm going anywhere else. Um, you know, the community of Helena is just so awesome. Everyone's so nice and supporting and I get to teach little kids how to play the game. And I have a few kids that I've worked with before. One of them had a prosthetic leg and was introduced to the game for the first time. I did some, uh, work with Rossiter elementary and I went and taught golf there and their for their PE class. And one of the kids only had one arm um, and I got to work with him. Um, And and so it's kind of cool to see even on a smaller scale, you know, the population of Helen is not all that big, but there are still people out there with these disabilities. And I just want to show them that they can play golf and and they can do this, you know? (laughs) Well, it's awesome for them too to have that role model right in their hometown. Yeah, exactly. And that's just what I want to be in. And, and not even to those with a disability, but just those that, you know, those that do that, that do golf, that don't think they can play very well. 
I want them to look at me and be like, hey, maybe if I work on my game and, and figure some stuff out, I can be a better player. Mm -hmm. So one question I have that is just kind of a curiosity of mine, because I don't play golf being in a wheelchair. I've not been able to do that to this point. But um, what adjustments did you have to make with your disability to be able to play golf at the level that you're playing at now? Yeah, it's hard for me to say just because I've had prosthetics my whole life right. and I've golfed since I was three years old. <laughs> um, so for me, it's just, you know, it's just something natural that happens. It's not like I'm making really a ton of adjustments, mm -hmm. um, at least in my mind. One of the things I do is, um, so my right leg is amputated above the knee. So mm -hmm. my right hip, my right prosthetic goes all the way up to my hip. And so my right hip has a hard time kind of rotating. Um, and so I don't have a very big backswing, but what I make sure I do is my right foot, I kind of turn inward like this so that my right hip can rotate through the golf ball. Um, so oh. that's kind of one of the things, but I don't use any adaptive equipment. So you'll see, um, there's a guy called Brandon Canisi that I met down in Vegas. He's playing in this USGA thing. He has no hands really. Uh -huh. I mean, he's kind of got forms of hands but not really mm -hmm. um, and he uses like adaptive equipment like all his golf clubs are really really long and that's what he uses and he kind of puts it under his armpit the long clubs and just kind of swings with his body um, but as for uh, adaptations for me in the golf game I just play with standard golf equipment I really don't have to make many adjustments um, and I think part of that is just because I've I don't know any different, you know, right. Um, I've just played it for so long that way that it just kind of stuck with me. Yeah. It's kind of like with me, you know, I have um, hand controls to drive because I can't use my legs really well. Yeah. And everyone's like, Oh, how do you drive? I'm like, well, how do you drive with hand pedals or with foot pedals? Yeah. I don't know how to do that. You don't know how to do mine. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, uh, it's kind of the same way. I don't have hand controls. It was, I had two options when I got my license to use either hand controls because my right leg I can't control that well because it's above the knee. Yeah. But my left leg I can because I do have a knee, so I can at least push forward and back. Um, and so I have a left-footed accelerator. So there's an adaptation in my car oh, to where okay. when I push down on the left one, there's a bar that pushes down on the actual gas pedal. So similar idea. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's so yeah. cool what we we've come up with now to let disabled people live as normal of a life as possible. Oh, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable the stuff that technology's created, um, especially for, you know, prosthetics, you know, with war yeah. being so big and people coming back with missing the advancements in prosthetics since I was a kid are unbelievable. Uh -huh. um, and just your everyday stuff, you know, it's awesome to see that. It's awesome to be more inclusive for everyone instead of, um, instead of exclusive, you know, I watched, uh, there's a guy on YouTube. He's pretty funny. I forget his name, but he's in a wheelchair and he goes on like different quests across New York city to go do something. So like, one I've of his seen videos, that guy. He's so yeah, funny. <laughs> one of his videos, like I got to go get a rainbow bagel, but they don't yeah. have a ramp. And so you can't like, it's that guy's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen that guy. He's really funny. So one question I have is I know um, a guy that played for the Bobcats, Coney Dole, who had a prosthetic leg. And then I know there was a um, sprinter a few years ago in the Olympics that um, had a prosthetic leg. Do you have a specific prosthetic for golf 
or is there just your everyday prosthetic? Do you use that for golf? I don't. Um, I have just my everyday prosthetic. Um, I do have some adaptations to the, those prosthetics to help me turn a little bit. So in both of my ankles, I have these kind of black balls that kind of turn a little bit. They don't turn mm -hmm. like a lot. You have to put some force in it, but they'll turn a little bit just to help me kind of turn in my golf swing. Um, but yeah, those are the same legs I use every single day. Yeah. I just think it's so, it's so crazy. Like you said, the advancements in prosthetics and just medical equipment as a whole is so cool that they have all these different things. It is. People always ask me if I have those running legs and I'm like, I don't ever want to run. Why would I ever <laughs> want to run? Well, that's that what I was thinking. Cause I know that one sprinter, he had like Nike legs or something like that. And it's oh, like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no desire to get the running legs. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, so what is your hope for this um, adaptive open that they're having with the USGA? What do you hope it'll be in like five years? Yeah, I hope it continues on forever. I, you know, I want this to be like a Masters or a US Open, like a major championship, you know. Uh, golf has always been trying to get into the Paralympics. And so golf's never been a part of that. Um, when golf became part of the regular Olympics again, so it had in the past and then they kind of took it away and now it's back right. in the regular Olympics. There's a big push in the adaptive community to get golf in the Paralympics. I hope that this tournament helps drive that, you know, I hope there's more kind of international events for mm -hmm. the best players in the world because there's international events for your regular ability golfers all over the world um, wow. just trying to help be more inclusive and you know with this usg open i hope it goes on forever i hope it's in the history of golf um and being a part of the very first one is unbelievable to me it's gonna be really really cool um hopefully i win it uh fingers are crossed on that one um, but even if I don't, I don't care. Really, I'm just going to be happy to be there. Um, happy to be with, with everyone that gets to play in it. Happy to be with my girlfriend's going to be my caddy. Um, so happy oh, to awesome. you know, have her on the bag for me for, for the three rounds. Um, my whole family's coming down there. So happy to be with my family. I got some friends coming down there too. So um, it's going to be a really, really cool experience. And if it continues every year, that would be ideal <laughs> that would be really cool so for sure do you know anywhere it's going to be televised at all i'm not sure so i i'm hoping it's televised uh but i don't know for 100 percent. the tournament's on a monday tuesday wednesday which makes me feel like it's going to be televised because golf is normally played thursday friday saturday sunday so right, all the yeah. like pga tour events and and apparently the new liv golf tournament i don't know if you've heard much about that um but those are usually held thursday through sunday um the fact that this tournament's on monday tuesday wednesday i have my fingers crossed that this is like on golf channel or something really cool um just for for everyone you know to kind of put it out there to the world to the general public um if it's not televised it won't get kind of the the whole idea behind it you know right the whole idea behind it is to 
open the world of golf to everyone. And, and if it's not televised, that'd make me, you know, kind of upset just because it won't, it won't reach as many people if it's not. No, I hope it is too. Cause you're exactly right. It needs to reach as many people as possible. I think. Yeah. For 100%. sure. For sure. Well, Hey Ryan, I kind of want to end this with what kind of inspirational thing do you have for, you know, disabled athletes in Montana, the country that want to go out for the sports they love? They, I mean, you're someone that's done that. So what's your thoughts for them? You know, it's, it's weird to put it um, any other sort of way, but don't get discouraged by failure, right? You go out there and you, and you fail and, you, and you're not at the same level as everyone else but that's only going to make you better. Right. I mean, for me, it was failure in baseball and basketball and soccer, especially soccer. That was the hardest one for me. <laughs> Kicking the ball was brutal. Um, I can imagine. But, but failure in those sports made it really tough for me. And then, you know, come golf, I did pretty well growing up. And then in high school, I had some, some beef with my varsity golf coach and that kind of, left a, a, a pit in my stomach for a while that kind of brewed once I quit golf for a few years it kind of brewed in there and and, and made me the person I am today and why I have such a fire within me to compete um just don't get disappointed by failure give it all, your all and just go out there and do it again because when you fall you get back up again that's the only way to get through it that's awesome man uh great worries there for sure that's awesome Thanks. <laughs> yeah well hey i wish you the best of luck in this yeah. um new endeavor with the usga and hopefully it'll be on tv so i can watch you <laughs> yeah if it is I'll, I'll keep you posted i'll shoot you a message over and let you know awesome all right well hey cool. it was great to meet you face to face i know we've talked on yeah. facebook but yeah great to meet you face to face nice to meet you as well mitch all right we'll talk to you later sounds good